Here we are, Locked On NFL, alongside the scout, as always, Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We are taking you around the league daily on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. This Monday episode, taking you through the Sunday afternoon games. Packers Niners still to come. We're we're doing it in the window here between the afternoon games and the Sunday night football game. More on Packers 49ers Tuesday uh, one thing we like to do sometimes on the show is I will talk to the the host of the winning team from the network here from Sunday Night Football. I can't interview myself right after this game. I, I totally just <laughs> jinxed the for 49ers. <laughs> yeah. um, so we'll, we'll talk more about that game on Tuesday. I'm sure there'll be a lot to get into with that. A really good Monday night game as well with Ravens at Rams. But Matt, I think today we got to start with the powerhouse matchup that just ended. Bad weather and all. The Patriots hold on to beat the Cowboys third. 15 to 9, a low scoring affair at Foxborough, and uh, the defense is reigned in this one. Yeah, range is a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. um, we do have two very good primetime games. I'm excited to dig into those and watch those. They haven't happened yet when we're recording, as you mentioned, but great games ahead of us. For And this was a good one, too. Um, very weather oriented, obviously. How about this? I mean, that's the 21st game in a row New England has won at home. I mean, some of the that's New crazy. England numbers, stats, you know, things that you hear week to week are just mind-boggling. 21 in a row at home. And all in all, I think Dallas fared well in a really difficult environment. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there watching that game going, boy, Dak is struggling with the weather and the cold and the rain and it sort of looked like a rain snow. And I'm thinking, boy, he's going to have to get better at that. And then I thought, well, how is he going to practice it? <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> it's a tough thing to practice when you're right. from the South and you play in Dallas. Like it only happens once in a while. How do you get better at it if you haven't done a lot of it? But he did seem to acclimate to the conditions as the game went on. And the one note I did want to throw out there, though, and he almost made a big play to keep this thing moving, but zero from Amari Cooper. That's the first thing I was going to bring up. Two targets, zero catches. You thought he might have made the diving catch, which really would have changed this thing at the end of the fourth quarter inside two minutes, but it was reviewed, and uh, they made the right call after review. It was not a catch for Amari Cooper there, so completely shut out on his two targets. Dak Prescott with the very final play of the game, hitting Michael Gallup going just over 200 yards. So neither team had 200 yards passing until that last garbage time uh, throw to to uh, Michael Gallup from Dak Prescott. Right. Dak ending up 19 of 33 for 212 yards, no touchdowns, a pick. Tom Brady, the one touchdown pass. And that's what was funny about this game is there was the, the seven points early from the Patriots, a touchdown in the first quarter. That was it. No more touchdowns. Nobody found the end zone the rest of the way. 17 of 37, which is not a great line for Tom Brady, but enough to win it with the one touchdown and 190 yards passing. Yeah, and Brady had some tough times. Um, A lot of Edelman. He went for 8 for 93. Very Edelman-like stat line in in the rain. And if you look at one big thing, I mean, the Patriots blocked the punt. I mean, is that enough to go from 20 to 21 games in a row winning at home? I mean, it's a very... Patriot type of win against a team that, frankly, I think is more talented than they are. Right, needing special teams, and we see it around the league, and there was a lot of funky games this week in the NFL, and the ball is shaped funny and bounces funny, and for a team to have that sort of a streak at home with the year-after-year streak that the Patriots already have, 
for ages now, uh, it's pretty remarkable what the Patriots are able to do. It is. I mean, it's just mind-boggling year after year. You know what was odd about this game, too? Because usually when there's weather, there's at least something really funky that happens, and that didn't really happen. There wasn't that big, long touchdown running. Or like a mutter. Like uh, Shady McCoy is the guy I think of as like a great mutter. It'd be like a really bad weather game. Nobody can get footing. And then Shady McCoy runs for 200 yards or something like that. There was none of that going on. The defense did a really good job of limiting those big plays and those fluke plays, too. So it was just a slop fest. And it was late November, two powerhouse teams. And this is when things get really interesting in the NFL. Uh, the Eagles look terrible, so I don't know if the Cowboys even have to be worried now in the NFC East, even though their record's not great. And the Patriots holding serve against a very good team, I think, uh, or at least a, a pretty good team, because there have some, been some questions about how good the Patriots are. So I don't think we can really take anything big and say, oh, you know, this team is not for real because they weren't able to handle so-and-so. I think it was, you know, two good teams. Uh, they both have good defenses, played pretty good defense in bad weather. And it was the outcome you would expect from a Patriots team that won at home. Yeah, I mean, they back-to-back weeks against those NFC East leaders. They find a way to win in a tough game, a low-scoring game. And in the end, this, you know, the, and the Patriots are going to get a bye. I mean, I think that's a foregone conclusion. Right. Made probably the number one seed when it's all said and done. Who knows? Um, Dallas, it doesn't hurt them that bad. I mean, like you said, the Eagles lost. We'll get to that. Only one team out of that division is going to come out of the, you know, for the NFC, and they're going to host a playoff game, and then they're going to go on the road. So all they have to do is be better than than the Eagles, right? <laughs> which at this point doesn't look like it's going to be very difficult. We will get to Eagles Seahawks, which was kind of ugly. Let's go to that Panthers. New Orleans Saints game next. I think that's the next one on the list that we have to hit. It was a really fun one. It went the other direction. It was high scoring, 34-31. The Saints winning it with uh, a last-second field goal there. Drew Brees driving them down. Panthers had a chance to kick that uh, go-ahead field goal. They couldn't get it done, gave it back to Drew Brees and the Saints, who went to work in the last two minutes, and they were able to win it 34-31. Yeah, and there's probably someone out there listening on their fantasy team that has... Christian McCaffrey, they got at the fourth pick, and then Michael Thomas fell some reason, and they got <laughs> the him in the second round. round. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they just put up numbers every week no matter what, and they kind of epitomized their teams in this case where back and forth game, it looked like the Saints were going to pull away. Pa- Allen from the, the Panthers played a pretty darn good game. Their kicker couldn't get one when they needed it the most, and then Lutz ends it. I mean, a really fun back and forth game a lot of star power out there and props to the Panthers going into New Orleans a tough place to play and Kyle Allen bouncing back from some rough outings recently with the three touchdowns and uh, 256 passing yards three touchdowns from Drew Brees as well but you mentioned it and we talked about it in the preview we hadn't talked enough about the year that Michael Thomas is having and historical stuff right now another 10 catches to put him at 104 which is the most ever at this point in a season he, this could be truly, truly record-breaking, um, well over 1,000 yards. He was already over 1,000 yards anyway, receiving it just, uh, just unbelievable Michael Thomas. And when it counted in that last two minutes, not only was he able to get open on a third and six, he got him into field goal position and got open to get him out of bounds, which is like the one thing you can't let happen in that situation. The Panthers weren't able to force the Saints to use their last timeout. Thomas gets open, gets the first down, gets field goal range, and gets out of bounds. Yeah, phenomenal. I mean, it really was. And and I also want to mention the wide receiver on the other side, too, who's having a really nice year, demanding a ton of targets. DJ Moore has really stepped up, too. I'm not saying he's in 
Michael Thomas's class quite yet, but his career path is sort of similar. You know, I mean, I think he's rising very quickly up the ranks, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. DJ Moore trending upward, and he's had, what, two straight weeks of 100 yards receiving. So uh, it looks like he's, yeah, he's kind of on pace to have his first 1,000-yard receiving a year of his career in year number two. So definitely a talented guy there in DJ Moore for the Carolina Panthers. More to get to. Real quick, this. I think this is the nail for the the Panthers, though. Right. No. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, yeah. They, and it was going to be a tough go, but they're under five hundred now, five and six. You know, there's five to play. You could win out, go ten and six. There's there's going to be there will be teams that are that have ten wins that probably don't get in the NFC, and there might be a team with eleven wins that doesn't get in at this rate. Right. I mean, they would have to run the table to even be in the conversation. This is a game they could have had. I think this is probably the end of the road here for the Panthers. Yeah, good call. Uh, more teams that definitely have hit the end of their road coming up. Dudes, listen up. Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. I've told you about them many times. If you haven't tried it, you're out of your mind. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Guys, I never understood the pill thing. I mean, hey, you're going to make an appointment for an hour from now? I mean, Blue Chew works so much better. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, zero awkwardness. Made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, they have a fantastic deal for all of you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment totally free when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All you're paying is $5 shipping, and you're getting way more than $5 worth of product. And the promo code is locked on. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. We teased that Eagles game, and man, I don't know if there's a team that was worse than the Eagles. They uh, Most of the game, they were pretty all right defensively, and at, at a certain point in the game, you thought, okay, nobody wants to win this game. The Seahawks didn't really want to win it either. Uh, fumbling it back twice in a row to the Eagles. Wentz looked awful. One of the worst throws I've seen this season when he threw it 10 feet over uh, Miles Sanders' head on a swing route where, when, he, when he was standing you know, 20 feet away from him. Like, the easiest throw you can make is a quarterback. He couldn't make that throw. Just the Eagles looked awful. They're at five and six now, still two games behind the Cowboys. And I had some faith in the in the Eagles turning this thing around. And I think you had them maybe even in the Super Bowl, right? You had them going deep in the playoffs at least. And uh, I liked them as a playoff team coming in. They look awful right now. The worst we've seen them in a few years. They lose to the Seahawks in Philadelphia, 17-9. Yeah, I mean, give the Seahawks credit. Go to a tough environment, win this one. Not in a pretty manner, much like the Patriots did you know, to open the show. Some of these teams just figure it out you know, week after week, year after year. It wasn't pretty, no clowny. You know, Wilson didn't like light it up and make you think, oh, that's the MVP. But you're right about the Eagles. They're a tough watch right now. Um, on a positive note, I don't think people realize how well the Eagles' defense is playing. But the offense is, like, equally bad. <laughs> and right. 
it's not just, hey, they don't have receivers and they did not have receivers. But Wentz, like you said, is a hard watch right now. And he's super, super high on my list. And I always say I'm smitten with Carson Wentz, but I can't defend him anymore. I mean, he's not playing well. And just when you think the Eagles defense is playing good in that game and the Seahawks are, are not being able to slam the door on the Eagles as bad as their offense was going, then you let Rashad Penny through the middle of your defense for a 58-yard long touchdown. So even that, you know, a win against the, the Eagles in the end. So the Eagles are about done. I think Panthers, Eagles, both were putting them both to bed, yeah? Well, the, the, the Eagles are not playing like a playoff team. But like I said, one team's going to come out of the East, and it's not a slam dunk that it's Dallas. Dallas is much better to me, but the Eagles aren't dead. They deserve to be dead, but they're not dead. And so that's where I'm at on that. I can't, I can't, get, I can't put the nail in the coffin yet. I'd like to talk about the Falcons next because if we're putting teams to bed, I think the Falcons are, are definitely that team. And we talked about, hey, run the table, be 9-7, and seven, who knows? And uh, things were looking up for Dan Quinn. Gives up play calling duties. They they win a couple of really tough games. They beat the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, and then they go and lay an egg. 35-22 Buccaneers in Atlanta. The Bucs have these games. Like, I don't have Winston's stat line in front of me, but it's good for fantasy with two interceptions. You know what I mean? Like, all <laughs> kinds of numbers, and today it was Godwin. They ran the ball well. Atlanta didn't run the ball well. I don't think any of us quite, quite bought the hype that Boy, two games in a row that the Falcons' defense is great. You know they have a new play caller. They're gonna they're gonna be the eighty-five Bears. I mean, no, they're still struggling on that side of the ball. Right, Jameis Winston too. It's crazy. Like he is who he is. He had seventeen interceptions in sixty-six or seventy-six career interceptions in sixty-six career games, which is which is kind of nuts. But yeah, um, fantasy wise, he did well over three hundred yards. He always does. Yeah, three touchdown passes as well. He only threw it 28 times, too. So, uh, Ronald yeah, Jones. Yeah, down the field, man. Ronald Jones doing a little bit of work at a touchdown, 51 yards. They still don't want to completely make him the, the number one bell cow uh, type back there. But uh, Ronald Jones, definitely the best running back, I think, for the Bucks. And I think we have to go back to the Dan Quinn watch now. And Vita Vea scored. The heaviest player yes. ever to score a touchdown. In the Absolutely, NFL. yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> we had two fat guy touchdowns today. Love Titans seeing that. Too. Love seeing that. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think you're right about Quinn. I mean, they better get the 500 to have a shot. They, they, had, they better um, go 5 and 0. Right. Yeah. We talked about it. What would it take for him not to get fired? And it, we, it wasn't that. It wasn't what we saw this week. And when he gets to that point, we're like, okay, what does it take for this coach to not get fired? Essentially, all it takes is that one game that's like, oh no, division opponent came in and beat us in our house, and they're not good either. So serious conversations right. happening behind the scenes, I imagine, there in Atlanta. Just when everybody had hope, and then right. you go, uh, we were supposed to beat the box, so we didn't. Uh, let's get, let's change coaches. You know, just human nature. You know what I'd like to talk about here is Frank Gore, who jumped into number three all time, passing Barry Sanders on the NFL's all time rushing list. Barry Sanders now number four. Frank Gore with fifteen thousand two hundred and eighty nine yards and counting is number three all time behind Emmitt Smith and Walter Payton, and just an amazing story, first of all, career-wise for Frank Gore to get to this point for any player, but for him, who had two ACLs in college at Miami, still drafted in the third round in 2005, and then, you know, it's a guy that's like, oh man, he's really banged up, he's not going to be able to last in the NFL, and he even had some injuries early in his NFL career, then all of a sudden became a workhorse 
playing all 16 games for seven straight seasons starting in 2011 from age 28 to 34, averaging almost 1,100 yards rushing in those seasons when most NFL running backs' careers are coming to an abrupt end. So an amazing career for Frank Gore. It took him five more years than Barry Sanders to get there, but uh, just an awesome story, a really great player, and Scott McLuhan, who drafted him as the GM in San Francisco, says he is his favorite player of all time, so that tells you something there. And uh, a lot of 49ers fans love Frank Gore, too. Yeah, I'm sure he's a favorite of yours. Um, That year I spent with the Browns was under Butch Davis, and pretty much our whole staff was U roots. And and plus, when I was at Pitt, we played against the U, so I knew a lot of those kind of guys. And everybody in that organization around that time would say Gore was the best. I mean, that's... Portis and McGahee and all the great backs they had there, they all said Gore was the best. And for him to overcome those knee injuries that, you know, that's why he's a third-round pick. I mean, he would have been a top-ten pick if it wasn't for those and was has a remarkable career. I remember even like two years ago, hey, Matt, is Gore a Hall of Famer? And I'd be like, eh, I don't know. He's a compiler. He's got the third most rushing yards ever and probably <laughs> right. will end. I don't know if he's going to get the two, but. I said that two years ago, too. Oh, he'll retire. You know, he, he just keeps moving up the list. And what a good influence he is on, you know, the, in the locker room and the toughness. And I think you've told the story and many have told the story, like when he was a rookie and he got to San Francisco and there was, you know, the first loss that he was around, how everyone just kind of was joking and this is okay. And that's not what you do with the U, you know, like Frank no. wasn't having any of that. Absolutely not. And luckily for Frank Gore, he had an extra step to lose because you think of Frank Gore now as like, ah, oh, he's an old, slow running back. And, you know, he definitely wasn't a burner when he came into the league. He was a burner when he was a freshman in college at Miami. He was electric. He had crazy explosive bursts. So he wasn't even that guy. If he didn't have those two knee injuries in college, I don't know what Frank Gore would have been because he was dynamic right. with top speed on top of that. And in, in a way, I mean, I'm sure it would be great to continue that, but I think he's such a smart runner that he realized I can't just run past everyone anymore. He got great in protection. If there's yes. if it's blocked for four, he gets five every time. You know, knows exact creases and timing of runs and setting up blocks. And he's a teaching tape. You know, I mean, when you bring your rookie running back in, let's get the gore tape out and we'll show this kid how to run. Absolutely, vision, balance, and maybe the most important yeah. thing that nobody would really ever talk about is that pass production. One of the, one of the great passing down backs because of how good of a pass blocker he was and he could catch for you two out of the backfield so Frank Gore we do got to talk about this game too the Bills beating the Broncos easily 20 to 3 improving to 8 and 3 now on the season yeah I mean I I can't imagine that they wouldn't end up in the postseason probably as the five seed um I didn't see a ton of this game I thought there'd be more scoring than this but I I think Allen is progressing Pretty well. I mean, I've been hard on him every step of the way, but he makes big plays. He's become much more of a professional quarterback this this during this season and is a much better player than he was one year ago. And this is the exact type of game the Bills want to play in and need to play yes. in, I think, because they don't have to lean on Josh Allen and he can pop some plays. He's got that arm, but they don't have to ask him to do a ton. He only threw 25 times, completed 15 passes, had two touchdowns, one interception, only 185 yards throwing. We talked about Gore, who had 65 yards, but the rookie Devin Singletary actually had more. He carried it 21 times for 106 yards. So the Bills went wild on the ground, running at 47 times total for 244 yards. Yeah, and exactly. That's that's Bills football. Yeah. 
and things get very difficult for the Buffalo Bills. It's a nice uh it's nice that they ran up this 8 and 3 record because they've got Cowboys, Patriots, Ravens all on their schedule coming up in the in the last 5. Maybe they are in a slam dunk to go to the playoffs. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not a done deal. A it's yeah. not a done deal there. And one of the teams they're going to play is actually playing some pretty okay football right now in the New York Jets. That's week 17, Bills and Jets. The Jets improved to 4 and 7 just routing the Oakland Raiders in New York, 34-3. to Derek Carr even taking a seat in that one late in the third quarter, and Mike Glennon coming in at quarterback for Oakland. Wow. I mean, I'm proud of myself. I, I, I picked the Jets to win this game, made a couple ducats on this game, but I didn't see this coming. I mean, I'm a huge Sam Darnold guy. I like the Jets because they shut down the run so well. I thought that they could you know, kind of make the Raiders play left-handed, but I didn't see this coming. Um, I'm going to have to investigate this game more to see why it was such a, a ramp, rampage by the Jets. Cross-country has to be a big part of it, but it doesn't mean you automatically suck when you fly across the country, but it just makes things more difficult, and I think that was part of it as well. And Sam Darnold playing some good football, 315 yards passing, a couple of touchdowns, 20 of 29, efficient. Yeah, he's playing great, and I'm really high on him. Um, you're right about, you know, we talked about Dak Prescott taking a while to get to figure out how to throw the ball in the, in the four o'clock games. And the, to that point too, tough on the Raiders, one o'clock cross country and go do a search for the air miles that Oakland has traveled this year. It's Insane. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's thousands more than any other team. Right, they're going to London. They're traveling across the East Coast. They they went yeah. a, like six straight weeks without playing a game in Oakland. Just a, it's a rough go for that team that's going to be in Las Vegas starting next year. All right, more games. We got to go rapid fire in segment number three. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For twenty dollars off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com/slash/lockedon and use promo code. Locked on during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash locked on. Let's go to Chicago. The Bears hold on to beat the Giants 19-14. Pretty ugly game. Mitch Trubisky, just when you thought he was playing a pretty good game, had a, uh, one of the ugliest interceptions of his career, late and short, over the middle, but basically an arm punt. But the Bears hold on, and, and they pick up a victory, and the Giants fall to 2-9. and nine. You mentioned the bad about Trubisky, but I will say less bad than usual. And he kind of looked like last year's Trubisky. He, he ran a couple times, showed mm -hmm. that he's a big, strong athlete, and he made five big throws. You know, that was the 2018 Trubisky. That's, that doesn't mean he's the answer, don't get me wrong, but he's not killing the team when he at least brings some big plays and some good plays to the, to the table. Bears D looked pretty darn strong, led by Khalil Mack. And I, I've said this a hundred times in the last year or so. I wish Allen Robinson was playing for anyone besides Blake oh, Bortles man. and Mitch Trubisky. Right, yeah. He had six <laughs> catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. Rough go for uh, Allen Robinson to go from Bortles to Trubisky now. But you, a great point by you on Trubisky. I love the rushing touchdown, and he was fired up. And, and he. that's why I didn't completely fault the Bears for what they thought Trubis Trubisky could be and develop mm -hmm. into coming into this season it was rough at the deadline when they weren't able to do anything and, and their season kind of fell apart once you kind of realize who Trubisky is now. But I thought there was still some hope for him to continue developing starting the year. That hope uh, I don't really have as much anymore, even though he does flash those tools on occasion. Right. But it's, 
I'm hard on him, but his career's not over. He's still a young man. The Bears are a game behind five, below 500. So there's some trending in the right direction, but let's not do cartwheels over the, the <laughs> right. Bears beating the Giants at home. Uh, Saquon Barkley not doing much this year for those people who might have drafted him number one overall in their fantasy draft. He had the injury, missed some time midseason, and hasn't had 100 yards rushing since week two. I've been harping on teams coming off buys have been struggling this year. They've been really winning around 33%, but I thought the buy would do Barkley worlds of good, and we would see last year Saquon. And I I think we might just look back and say that this isn't his year. But my worry is, big picture, you mentioned Barry Sanders earlier, that by the time the Giants get good, might Barkley be used up? I mean, I know it's really early to say that in his career, but uh, he's – legacy worries me a little bit well running backs only are good for four years most of the time you know that's like that's just how it goes unfortunately and next year is going to be year three they're hopefully going to add some talent up front on the offensive line to help both daniel jones and saquon barkley out yeah and they're two and nine let's go to cincinnati where the steelers narrowly they almost gave the Bengals their first victory we had another benching of quarterbacks there but the steelers hold on on the road to beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, 16-10. Yeah, it was a tough go of it. I mean, the Steelers were not playing well. Rudolph really gave Tomlin no choice but to bench him at this point because not only was he not making the big plays like we talked about with Trubisky, not making throw in the layups, but he's hurting the team lately with turnovers. And I will say Hodges is a limited player, but He's as confident as the day is long, and Mason is not. And he, he at least will make throws and give give things a shot. And I don't know who's going to start next week, but it was an uphill climb against one of the worst defenses in the league. And then a little blurb I wrote about this with the Bengals is Cincinnati wins this game maybe easily if all they do is start Andy Dalton. Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to play the, the duck sounder there. And I didn't know what that was. I it, turns out, it turns out <laughs> it's not that easy to replace a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. I think that's playing itself out very well. And the Steelers' O-line ain't quite what it used to be. Their skill guys, especially the running backs, are so bad lately. Snell had some flashes, but like those guys don't know where to who to pick up in protection. And I will give Cincinnati credit. I mentioned this coming into the game. They're starting to play a little better everywhere but quarterback. That's why I mentioned if it was Dalton, they could hang with teams. I mean, they're still 32nd in the league. And, oh, by the way, Washington won. I mean, they're going to get the first pick in the draft. But this was ugly football, and the Steelers' D once again had to keep it close. All but locked up that number one overall pick, have a two-game lead for the number one spot now over Washington, who beat the Lions at home. To improve to two and nine now, they win nineteen sixteen over Detroit. This is a game I saw the least of. I mean, it was a one o'clock start with a lot of other games going on. The one thing I really did note of it, though, was well, first of all, Haskins is off taking selfies instead of running the last <laughs> play of the game. I guess that could happen. I'm not going to hold that against them too much. But the Redskins pass rush, which I've always thought was very good, very underrated. Kerrigan, Allen, you know, Sweat, they were all over the Lions. I mean, they were I mean, in the backfield constantly. I think they ended up with six sacks and could have had a lot more. 
Lions are in a bad place. I mean, what are they? They're what three seven and one, right? Ugh. Yeah, three they're, seven and one now. Awesome. Driscoll had looked kind of semi okay. I've seen enough of Driscoll to know yeah. that he's not that good and should definitely not be starting games as an NFL quarterback. He threw three picks in this game. Not much we should really go into with this one because not much happened there. The, he mentioned the Haskins thing, which was hilarious. He's throwing showing. Showing his rookie colors for sure. Let's move on to, we have two more games here to hit. Uh, real quick, Dolphins at Browns, and uh, the Browns ran over the Dolphins 41-24. Yeah, and Landry revenge game, and Odell and Chubb, yeah. and all the Everybody. stars are coming to play. Baker's playing great. This game wasn't close from the start. And something I think we need to discuss during the week when we have a little more time is, how good are the Browns right now? I mean... I don't think they're out of it. They're going to be favored when they come here next week. I mean, we saw what they did to the Steelers last Thursday. It's not over for them yet. I mean, they have to go on a remarkable run, but they're on leg two of that journey. Right. I mean, they're obviously a talented team, and they have pieces. And if you started all those players in fantasy football, Chubb, Mayfield, Landry, Beckham, you got to pay off on all of those guys in this game. And obviously in this game, better team at home beat the worst team you know so that is not super surprising there I don't know what they can do at five and six now but they're still a talented football team can they get it together next year more is my question although it's not impossible in the AFC to sneak in there no you're right and in the end they might be Miles Garrett away from doing it speaking of fantasy the last game I want to get to here and props to you Matt for telling everybody to make sure you get Derrick Henry in there Another wow. long touchdown run, 74 yards. He he plunged in the end zone a second time as well. 159 total yards on the ground for Derrick Henry, and the Titans beat the Jaguars 42-20. There's really no one like him. I mean, Fournette's the closest. I mean, I don't want to hear Brandon Jacobs. I mean, they're not close to the force that Henry is when he starts rolling. And the Titans have wisely realized that yeah, he may not be Michael Thomas as a route runner, but if you dump it to him two yards past the line of scrimmage and then he can flip his hips and just start running really fast, he's a real load <laughs> to deal with, and he kills the Jags. I, I mentioned, I forget how I said it last week, was this isn't a sleeping giant, but this is a sleeping big person. You know, I think Tennessee's got a chance to be, to make noise, and if they get in the playoffs, I think they could be one. They might be the best wild card contender in the AFC. And the Titans at 6-5 and five now tied for second in the South with the Colts and one game behind the Texans there. So that's a highly contested division that's going to be really fun down the stretch. And, oh, the Titans go to play the Colts next week and still have the Texans twice at the very end of the season, weeks 15 and 17. Yeah, and big plays from Tannehill, big plays from A.J. Brown. Uh, the defense is pretty darn good. My guess, or my hunch, is we might start hearing Minshew's name sooner or later, too, for Jacksonville. Yeah, you might as well. You, you should probably do that yeah. if you're them. It helps you you know, in, in almost every aspect of developing your guy, finding out who the guy is, uh, building some trade value, and not getting Foles hurt. If he's the guy you want to trade, I, I feel like you got to trade one of those guys in the offseason. I would imagine, or... You know, go if you're not getting a lot, you still don't have a ton invested in the quarterback position. Uh, I just think that chances are we see Minshew to finish up the season here sooner than later. And that's not even a huge knock on Foles, but I've never been a big Foles believer. No, me either. And he's perfectly suited to be what he was supposed to be this year and be the backup that gives you more than expected. But that's, you know, that's who Foles is. He's not the guy that is going to carry you anywhere. But if you have a good team and no quarterback, go talk to the Jaguars. 
Yeah, right, right. I mean, he could be on the move and bring something back in return. And Jacksonville also has the Rams next two first round picks. Like, they're an interesting team going forward. We're out of time here, Matt. We will be back tomorrow breaking down Monday Night Football, Ravens at Rams, which should be fun, and this Sunday night contest, 49ers and Packers, which is probably the game of the year at this point so far, which some major NFC playoff implications. So it should be fun. And we will talk to you Tuesday right here. Locked on NFL.